This is the Breath of Fresh Jets podcast with Charlie Badweeney. He said no cursing, but yeah, it's it's Mike F and White. All right, like let's put it to bed. It's Mike F and White. He's a savage. He's a dog. He's an animal. I said it on Monday. I'm gonna say it again. I'm gonna keep saying it. He's a dog. He's an animal. Let's keep it like that. What is going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Breath of Fresh Jets podcast. I'm your host Charlie Badweeny, coming at you live on Victory Monday, following the Jets' shocking upset win over the former number one seed in the AFC, Cincinnati Bengals, at MetLife Stadium on Halloween. What will now forever be known as the Mike White game, the Jets won 34-31 in regulation. I, 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 it feels like a dream. I, I don't know what happened. I was there at the stadium watching the game with my own two eyeballs, and I could not tell you what happened. It was just a magical day. It felt like a dream. Going to bed last night, I was like, this better be be real when I wake up in the morning. I better not be waking up again on Sunday, on Groundhog Day or something. And The Jets somehow, with Mike White, a quarterback who, not a rookie, but was his first ever career start, got his first regular season snaps last week, had the game of his life. Mike White was 37 of 45 on his completion and attempts good for an 82% completion percentage. He had 405 yards, three touchdowns, and two interceptions. And by the way, those two interceptions, not his fault. They were both on Michael Carter and Jameson Crowder. They couldn't catch it. It bobbled up in the air. It was a tip ball kind of thing. Whatever. Doesn't matter. The Jets won. I don't care. So there's two things I want to say real quick before we get into the game breakdown that are just absolutely mind-boggling and phenomenal. So yesterday, Mike White threw for 400 yards, like I said earlier. The last time a Jets quarterback threw for 400 yards was on December 24th, 2000. It was Vinny Testaverde against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Not too sure if they won that game or not. I didn't look too much in the stats, but I was eight months old the last time the Jets had a 400-yard passer in a game. Eight months old, okay? Next stat, the Jets had 500 yards of total offense yesterday. The last time the Jets had 500 yards of total offense... 1988. I was negative 12 years old. So just an overall historic day for the Jets yesterday, and stuff I hadn't seen in my lifetime happened in front of my eyes yesterday with their backup quarterback, Mike White. I don't know how this happened. I don't know what changed overnight from getting blown, getting their doors blown off in New England last week, 54 to 13, to coming this week against uh, an arguably better team in, in, in the Cincinnati Bengals and somehow beating them. Just a fantastic day to be a Jets fan, and just really reaffirms that this team is headed in the right direction with Robert Sala as the head coach. It, for, for, the, for them to come back a week removed from that ass-whooping they got from Bill Belichick and company, just shows so much fight and determination in this team and shows that they have not given up yet. And last week was an anomaly and not the norm. All right, so first things first, let's get this out of the way now. No, there is no quarterback controversy in New York right now. Mike White is going to start as long as Wilson's unhealthy, but when when Zach's ready to go, he's going to be the starter again. He's going to be back. As, as great of a game as White had yesterday, I think that's more of a testament 
to the potential of the offense and how it should be and is supposed to be run. If you watched the game yesterday, Mike White wasn't he wasn't playing playing gunslinger back there with like Zach does. He wasn't running around in and out of the pocket, keeping his eyes downfield. Mike White was just going through his progressions, getting the ball out fast, and letting the playmakers around him get the ball and make the plays. And that's all this offense requires from a quarterback. Don't get me wrong. Zach has has all the, the talent and traits that you want in your franchise guy. The, he can make any throw with with his arm. The angles he can throw at it's it's fantastic. But I think this game and hopefully on Thursday night and hopefully against the Bills in two weeks, Zach's going to be able to see what he needs to do to be successful in this offense. It's not just all on him and his arm to make these plays. The offense is there. The offense is built for him to dump it to his running backs, to Michael Carter, who had 170 scrimmage yards yesterday, passing, or excuse me, rushing and receiving. He can get he can get the ball out quick and still make some incredible, fantastic plays and win football games. And that's why I'm glad Zach's got a few weeks to watch. He's got a few weeks to reset. He's got a few weeks to, to get, get, get down the nuances of this offense because it was clear he was struggling beforehand. He, he struggled against the, the Falcons, struggled against the Patriots for the, the two quarters he played and the four quarters he played uh, week two. And I, I, I just think right now we're in a, a good spot uh, heading into a rough part of our schedule. And I, I have faith that Mike White will be able to keep this team competitive while Zach's recovering from that PCL strain. Another big difference that that had happened yesterday that hadn't happened all season long was our offensive coordinator, Michael Floor, was up in the press box calling the plays yesterday. He wasn't on the sideline. He wasn't, uh, he, he wasn't eye level with the field. He was up, up in the sky with his eyes on everything, and he was able to call a fantastic game. Now, in the first half when I was watching this game, I was getting a little pissed off watching all this fantastic play calling because I was like, what, what, what did they change this week to, to to dumb the offense down for Mike White that's making it so successful, that was catching the Bengals off guard so much. And it turns out, well, I mean, you know, this is just hearsay. Coach talk, Sala could say what he wants. He said the, the playbook didn't really change. It was just Mike White taking the boring plays, taking the easy easy plays, giving him, taking what the defense was giving him, and he and they were making, making it work. And I think that, like going back to my point earlier, is so important for Zach to see just sit a week or two, see what another quarterback does in the offense, and I, I think this is just so helpful. And we're not going to talk about Joe Flacco because uh, I, I, I hope I hope that we don't see him at all this season. If I'm being completely honest, if if, if Zach's not good to go, I want to see Mike White, and even Josh Johnson played uh, played a couple of good snaps yesterday when Mike White came out with that neck injury. But besides the point. Uh, the offense just looked fantastic yesterday, and I, I hope we're able to keep this up uh, until the season's over, if I'm being honest. So speaking of offense, the Jets were able to, to do something else for the first time all season long yesterday, and that was score on their opening possession. The Jets, for the first time all season, scored a touchdown on their opening drive, something they had severely struggled with all season long. And I think it really set a tone for the rest of the game. The offense was going to be able to move the ball at will. And this Bengals defense, which going into the game yesterday was fifth in points per game. And somehow, somehow a Jets offense that is ranked dead last was able to pull together this amazing, fantastic offensive game against them. And uh, man, I'm I'm like shaking right now talking about it. It's just so exciting. Um... So after the uh, opening drive touchdown, Jets were able to hold the Bengals to a three and out. 
got the ball back, and it looked like all the momentum was heading for another touchdown drive, but that was the first of Mike White's interceptions. It was a tip ball to Jameson Crowder. He couldn't couldn't really hang on to it, and the uh, Bengals' DB, I believe it was Jesse Bates, one of the better safeties in all of football, almost took it back all the way to the house, but Elijah Moore on a fantastic hustle play, which is great to see because Elijah, he's he's had, had a hard time getting the ball recently, getting, uh, getting involved in the game plan, but he still puts uh, 100% into every play and really the epitome of the all-gas, no-break mentality. So the Jets were able to stop the Bengals on all four downs at the three-yard line. On fourth down, Quinn and Williams came up huge with a big sack, and it got the Jets the ball back deep in their own territory. But unfortunately, Mike White's second interception of the game, once again, not his fault. It was supposed to be a screen pass on Michael Carter. He couldn't, he couldn't come down with it, tipped up in the air, and the Bengals picked it off again. This is when they got their first touchdown of the day to tie it up at 7-7 but it didn't matter. It did not matter because the momentum was all with the Jets at this point. I think one of the biggest things the Jets were missing last week in Foxborough was absolutely C.J. Mosley, uh, the captain of the defense, heart and soul of the team, honestly. The defense just, they, they look better when C.J.'s out there because you know he's he's putting everybody in, in, in the right spot. He's letting everybody know what the play call is. Uh, a couple weeks ago in that Titans game, he was able to change the defense to to uh, better react to what the, the Titans offense was throwing at them. And him being out there yesterday was obviously just uh, a key piece to this defense. Gerard Davis, linebacker who we signed in free agency, also made his season debut yesterday. He had three tackles, but um, Sheldon Rankins had a sack yesterday. He showed out two tackles for loss. Um, Jabari Zuniga, first game back from the practice squad. I mean, he, he got hurt in the offseason, was on the practice squad up until now because he was not able to fully participate. But his first game action of 2021, he got a sack. Uh, the, the Joe Douglas 2020 draft class is coming back with a revenge. Shaq Lawson, who hadn't made much of an impact all season long, had a fantastic play yesterday. Uh, but but we'll, we'll get to Shaq Lawson's uh, big play in a little bit. So moving on to the end of the first half, the Bengals were up 17-7, and at this point it had looked all but pretty rough because uh, they had gotten that that extra field goal to go up an extra possession off a of Jamison Crowder fumble. Unfortunately, the Jets turned the ball over three times yesterday, luckily only in the first half, but the Jets were able to shake it off, uh, cap off the first half with a touchdown drive to make it 17-14 going into the half. Joe Burrow yesterday, I, I you know, going into this game... Uh, I, I, I've been to every home game so far this season for the Jets, and part of me was so so not unexcited to be at this game yesterday. I thought it was going mean, to... Thank God I went, and I, I should never, ever turn down a, a, tri- a trip to a Jet game like this, but just in case something like this ever happens again. But part of me was just wanting to see Joe Burrow in action in person with my own eyes, and he didn't disappoint yesterday. He didn't have a bad game by any means. His, his team, uh, his offense... Offensive line had a rough day. His his weapons, Jamar Chase, who's been one of the best receivers in football this season, was was uh, slowed down by Bryce Hall, who is also having a fantastic season. The second year corner out of Virginia, he was able to hold Jamar Chase to three catches for 30 yards and a touchdown. Um, T. Higgins had had a, a nice day, like four catches, 90 yards. Tyler Boyd had a touchdown and a few catches. Uh, Joe Mixon had some nice runs and a touchdown of his own, but. The Jets' defense was able to bend uh, but not break, and it, it really helped out all the way up till the end. So so late in the third quarter, the Jets were down by a touchdown, 24-17. to 
They were on a drive deep into Cincinnati territory when they were stopped at the five-yard line-ish. On third down, Denzel Mims, who was uh, was getting increased snaps yesterday because Corey Davis was out with a hep, uh, excuse me, hip flip, hip, whoa, wow, I can't say this, hip flexor injury he suffered in practice this week. Wow, that took a few tries, but he unfortunately dropped a pass in the end zone, which killed a lot of the free Mims movement that had uh, sprung up the last couple weeks. Uh, he hadn't been playing too much, and Jets fans weren't too happy about it, but it's clear after watching the game yesterday why he's buried on the depth chart right now. He's still developing, still a young player, and I'm sure his time will come. But they had to settle for a field goal to make it 24-20. to And then the Bengals went down the field, scored a touchdown to make it 31-20 with about seven and a half minutes left in the game. And this is when the Mike White magic happened. The Jets drove down the field and scored on a 19-yard pass from Mike White to Ty Johnson that was initially ruled uh, he was down on the one-yard line, but after review, it was ruled a touchdown, and the Jets went for two, and unfortunately did not get it. But the ensuing Cincinnati possession, on first down, Bengals up by five points with four and a half minutes left. Joe Burrow took the snap, dropped back, was looking for Jamar Chase, threw it, and it hit Shaq Lawson in the hands who was coming off the edge. It bopped up in the air, and came right back down in Shaq Lawson's arms for the Jets' first interception of the season. The stadium was going nuts, okay? Like, like literally, I hadn't... It, it's such a shame MetLife was almost, I want to say, half empty yesterday. Uh, I, I say half empty, but I want to say half the stadium was filled with Jets fans and then a little bit of Bengals fans to make it like 75, 70% of fans there. But uh, the Jets had the ball in Cincinnati territory with a chance to win the game. In two plays, Mike White was able to hit Tyler Croft in the end zone for the touchdown to go up by one point. And then on a little trick play, Jamison Crowder hit Mike White in the end zone on something that looked kind it looked kind of like a, uh, a Philly special kind of thing, Jamison Crowder to Mike White, to make it 34-31 with two minutes left in the game. Just absolutely... Absolute pandemonium at MetLife yesterday. Just a fantastic game. The, the crowd was going nuts. You know, Mike White, Mike White, Mike White. It was just, the atmosphere was absolutely incredible. So Bengals got the ball back. Jets defense was able to put together a, a fantastic possession to put the game away. The Bengals punted back to the Jets. The Jets were able to run the clock out. And Mike White finished his first ever career start with that insane stat line I talked about earlier, 400 yards, three touchdowns, just a fantastic day for this Jets offense and Mike White. White became the second quarterback in NFL history to have 400 passing yards in his first career start, the other quarterback being Cam Newton, which I, which I didn't know. It's a pretty interesting stat, good for Cam. Um, but yeah, just a fantastic day for the Jets, upsetting the 5-2 and two Cincinnati Bengals, who, like I said before, going into the game were the number one seed in the AFC just a, a fantastic game for the Jets, and I can't even imagine what kind of confidence boost this is going into on, on, on a short week, going to Indianapolis Thursday night to play a Colts team that is also struggling right now, but it, it just as talented as the, as the Bengals, in my opinion. So all in all, three big things to take away from here. Number one, Michael Carter, an absolute stud. He's going to be our workhorse running back for however long he's able to, to stay this good He's the first Jets player to have 100-yard scrimmage games back-to-back since Al Toon did it in 1985, which is just uh, absolutely crazy how, how, the, uh, how it took so long for the Jets' offense to wake up 
after all these years of ineptitude, but it looks like they've really finally gotten on track and they're headed in the right direction. Number two, the Jets did not need to trade for Joe Flacco. I mean, maybe they didn't know that 100% going into this week, but it's clear now why they didn't sign a backup last offseason, why they didn't try to go after one in free agency, because I guess they had faith in Mike White. And and maybe they, were, they got a little nervous this week, and that's why they traded for Flacco, but it's clear they were correct. They didn't need a backup, and Mike White's the perfect quarterback, uh, a QB2 to have behind Wilson going forward. And maybe you even get a pick for him uh, in the coming years if he develops even more. And, you know, he has his 400-yard game under his belt now. And number three, Mike LaFleur, offensive coordinator, has to stay in the press box. I, I understand uh, the first six, first six games, he Zach Wilson wanted him on the sidelines and we could talk to him. I think that was more of just uh, the lack of QB coach that the Jets had. They have, they have Matt Cavanaugh, but who knows exactly what he does. I, I, I've meant to go over this a couple times over the last few weeks, but I never, never got the chance to bring it up. Uh, the Jets miss Greg Knapp a lot. He's, he was their quarterback's coach going into the season. He tragically passed away last summer in a, a bike accident. And I, I think uh, these first couple of games, the Jets have really missed him. And uh, I think if, if things had, had gone as, as planned and not tragically as they did, uh, LaFleur would have been up in the box this whole season long so far. And uh, Knapp would have been on the sideline with Wilson, coaching him through everything. But unfortunately, what happened is so tragic and that it had to change. But I think after this game, LaFleur is going to be staying up in the box so he can he's able to see the field, see everything that's going on, and call the right plays because obviously the Jets were struggling with him on the sideline the first six games. So now the Jets uh, get one day of practice and they hop on a plane and fly to Indianapolis for that Thursday night tilt against the Colts. Um, as of right now, they're ten and a half point underdogs, but I expect that line to change a little bit as we get through the week. There's no way that they should be this this heavily uh, th- th- this big of an underdog going into this game after they were they were uh, they were the Bengals were favored by ten and a half as well on Sunday, and obviously that didn't that didn't go through. So I think that line will move, and the Jets now have life going into this game against the Colts on Thursday. A Colts team that's coming off a tough loss at home against the Titans. But I, I'm really excited to see what Mike White does against the Colts on Thursday. I, I don't, I'm not expecting the same performance as Sunday. I'm not expecting 400 yards and three touchdowns. He, I, I, he's bound to turn back into a pumpkin at some point a little bit, if you get what I'm saying. Uh, the, the Cinderella story always finds a way to come to an end with stuff like this. But I'm just hoping he is able to, to do exactly what he did on, on Sunday against the Bengals, go through his progressions fast, get the ball out, get the ball to the playmakers, and be able to keep the Jets' offense competitive against a very talented Colts defense. So that's going to do it for me today. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, what a game. What a win. What a victory Monday for the Jets. And I'll talk to you on Thursday or Friday. We'll talk about that Colts game. So see you then. Go Jets. You've been listening to The Breath of Fresh Jets with Charlie Badweaver.